Today, I'm going to do something just a little bit different. I've been trying to keep with this theme for Advent on healing and uh, looking at it from different angles. And, and as one person, my insights, my experiences only go so far. They're kind of, they're finite. And particularly when it comes to, uh, I, I think maybe things of health, I've been pretty blessed, honestly. Um, and while I visit lots of people who are in various stages of illness, I haven't myself struggled with it in the ways that I know many ha of you have. And I think sometimes it is good to get other perspectives in. I do not have all knowledge, um, and I do not have all insight. And there are many in our congregation who have great experience and knowledge and insight. So on this topic, I decided, I, we have a member of our congregation, a leader of our church, who has spent many, many years devoted to the theme of Christian healing and is actually part of a healing organization. Uh, and so, I'm gonna pass the mic off uh, to, Sue, to our own Sue Justice, member of our church council, and of the Healing Order of St. Luke. And she's going to share the word for me this morning. So, come on up, Sue. if I can eat this mic. That's what he said I had to do. There we go. Okay. Two Sundays ago, uh, on the first Sunday in Advent, when Pastor Lars began his Advent sermon series on healing, he had asked me to give a testimony on healing of the body from my experience and perspective. Interesting that both of us were sick with COVID on that, very, on that very Sunday. Pastor was able to video his sermon, and I was able to stay home in my jammies with my coffee and watch it on Facebook. I think there were several reasons for him asking me to do this. One is probably because I am a senior, with more years behind me than in front of me, and thus with more experiences with illness and creaky bones and joints that don't work like they used to when you were 20. Um, and secondly, he asked me, because I'm a long-standing member of the Order of St. Luke the Physician, that's an international ecumenical Christian healing organization dedicated to offering healing prayer in Jesus' name to all who are in need its mission is to train people in the healing ministry of Jesus, to learn to pray for others, to provide opportunities to experience the healing power of Jesus, and empowering members to confidently pray for anyone, anywhere, anytime, in the name of Jesus. I have to say, however, little confession, that I fall a little short in my comfort zone to pray for anyone, anywhere, and any time. I'm comfortable praying with people I know, people at church, or anyone who asks for prayer. But I have friends who can, for example, if, in, if they're in Starbucks getting a coffee, will start chatting with the barista, and they may say, so, how's your day going? And they might say, 
It's been crazy all morning. It has given me a headache. Without hesitation, my friend would ask, oh, I'm sorry, can I give you a short prayer? And some say yes, and so he does. I recently was on the receiving end of an anyone, anywhere, anytime prayer about a month or two ago. I had an appointment at CVS to get the latest COVID booster. I was terribly rushed because, as usual, as some of you know, I was running late. Got to the garage, the car would not start. My battery was completely dead. I called AAA Battery Service, and they sent out a young technician. His name was Rusty. Maybe he was in his mid to late 20s. While waiting for him, I called, canceled my appointment for my booster, which I had had difficulty getting in the first place, and I was really agitated by my circumstances, having had the car completely serviced the week before and being assured that everything, including the battery, was in good working order. When the tech arrived, we started chatting while he ran the diagnostics. I found myself telling him that my husband and grandson had recently passed away, and husband Bryant had always handled all the car maintenance. So I was forced to relearn a lot of things I hadn't had to do in a very long time. He gave me his condolences, and then he asked me if I was a believer. I was surprised by the question, but said I was. He instantly took off his greasy work gloves, took my hands in his, and began to pray for me and my family. And it was absolutely so spontaneous, personal, very simple, and absolutely beautiful. He then went back to work, replacing my battery as if that prayer was part of AAA's routine service. <laughs> I knew that Jesus was there with Rusty and I, with the dead battery and in my messy garage. That prayer by a stranger was a wake-up for me, energizing and encouraging me to be more bold and spontaneous in prayer for others when the Lord presents me with an opportunity. I've been reading a book lately uh, titled Healing Today. It's by Mark Stibbe and Mark A. DuPont. It's not been recently published. Uh, it was probably first published in 2005. But just as we Christians believe that Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that's Hebrews 13, verse 8, I found it still relevant as it pertains to my experiences of healing and answers this question for me, does God still heal today? Many, many Christians believe that divine healing, which is defined as the restoration of health through the direct intervention of God, bringing physical, emotional, and spiritual healing, stopped at the end of the apostolic era, at about the end of the first century. I reject this theory on the grounds that I have witnessed divine healing. I have heard reliable testimony of divine healing and have received healing of body, mind, and spirit. 
When exploring the question, does God heal today, we often wonder if we should even pray for divine healing today, or should we be working to bring awareness of conditions that lead to illness, such as environment, human relationships, and social structure? I don't believe it has to be an either-or response. In my opinion, to say it can't happen now is to try to put a limit on God's power, put him in a box. If God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, why can't divine healings or miracles occur today? I've witnessed a, some would call, a supernatural healing in a close friend that even the doctors claimed as a miracle. I would name it a divine healing. I wrote about this in the church newsletter when Pastor Lars was preaching a sermon series on spiritual gifts in, I think, February of 2020. I haven't time to repeat all the details, but my friend had a severe case of encephalitis and was in the hospital in agony. This was in 1976, and the prognosis was a high chance of death or at least a lifetime of little brain activity, essentially a, a vegetative state. After an intense prayer time at his home with family, friends, and clergy, I went to the hospital with his wife, Carol, who suddenly felt she had to see him right then, and it was 10 o'clock at night, and was adamant on leaving. I agreed to take her, and we left the group to continue their prayer. Um, I just hoped that the hospital staff was still going to let us in. Uh, we kind of snuck in, actually. <laughs> we walked off the elevator to the sound of agonizing, screaming, and wailing. Oh, God! Oh, God! was all we could hear. When we got to his room, his arms were outstretched, straining against the restraints, bright red-faced, with crazed, unseeing eyes. We laid our hands on his head and prayed quickly in Jesus' name as the nurses tried to rush us back to the elevator. When we were at the elevator, I stood there and I asked Carol, what do you hear? She said, oh my, I hear nothing. The screaming and wailing had stopped. The next morning, I asked our pastor if he had been to see Dave that morning, and he told me when he arrived, Dave was sitting up in bed, eating his breakfast, and asking when he could go home. He was released two days later. A miracle? I say yes. A mystery? For sure. But to the medical staff who claimed it was a miracle. It could only be described as divine healing, restoration of health through direct intervention of God, bringing, in this case, complete physical healing. Dave went on to become the CEO of two separate corporations, and at 83, he is still skiing. My healings have been far less dramatic, but I believe they were God's intervention as well as his use of doctors and medicine in healing. 
I was diagnosed in the fall of 1999 with an aggressive form of breast cancer. Upon hearing that dreaded C word, I began asking for prayer. I first felt very sorry for myself. Why me, Lord? After a short pity party, I began asking for prayer from friends and relatives across the country, asking them to also put me on their church's prayer chain. As my treatment progressed from a bilateral mastectomy to chemotherapy, I could feel those prayers. My emotional and physical strength increased. I felt surrounded by love. I had no anxiety. I knew without a doubt that I was going to be all right. That was not my usual reaction for me. I was a worrier, felt anxiety greatly. And I had friends who had gone through this treatment who were so, so terribly sick after each and every chemo treatment. That's what I had expected. I did not have one serious side effect from my chemo. At the time, there were six of us from my church who were in treatment for breast cancer all about the same time. Uh, church friends were jokingly saying it must be in the water at Church of the Good Shepherd. <laughs> I felt so well that we were able to gather the survivors from church and form a support group that lifted each other up through prayer, laughter, and celebrations, and fun activities. God was at work in us, healing us physically and emotionally. Four years later, we discovered that I had developed a serious heart issue due to the chemo and a year-long misdiagnosis of adult-onset asthma, which was actually severe congestive heart failure. In fact, when correctly diagnosed, I was very close to being put on the heart transplant list. Again, the call for prayer went out. And with that prayer, meds, an implanted pacemaker, good doctor and husband care, I not only survived, but in a year my heart function was within the normal range for a healthy adult. My cardiologist was amazed at my recovery and said, that just doesn't happen with your severe condition. He still calls me his miracle patient. And that was 18 years ago at age 63, and it's still testing in the normal range at age 81. I believed this was divine healing then and now. I am so grateful for the peace and strength of the Lord that enfolded me during these illnesses and the awareness of God's presence in my life every day. That, for me, is divine healing. So I say boldly, pray for healing. He still heals today, body, mind, and spirit. In closing, we know that people sometimes do not receive healing when we pray for them. There are no easy answers as to why this occurs, there is a narrow path between miracles and mystery. Hundreds of people were praying for my grandson Zane's healing from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and yet he died at age 18 in September of 2021. 
Was this proof to me that God no longer heals? That we prayed incorrectly? That our faith wasn't strong enough? Were we foolish to pray for healing and expect it? And I could go on and on with all of these excuses that we seem to put out there when it doesn't happen as we thought it should. I say no. That beautiful 18-year-old man-child, three hours before he died, when I was blessed to have some alone time with him, and I was praying with him, he took my hand in his, and he says, I love you, Nana, and I'm at peace with this. Maybe not the miracle or divine healing I and others were praying for, but perhaps a different kind of healing, a mystery. Amen.